Welcome to Cat Chat, the pet talk podcast devoted to the physical and emotional well-being of cats and their people. I'm Tracy Hotchner, the author of The Cat Bible, Everything Your Cat Expects You to Know. My mission is to entertain, educate, and inspire cat lovers like you to give kitty cats the best possible life in nutrition, affection, and environmental enrichment. This show is brought to you by Dr. Elsie's, where they speak for cats, which is what this program is all about. My co-host is the feline expert, Dr. Michael Maria Delgado, along with other cat authors and experts. The show is made possible with the generous support of Dr. Elsie's, a company privately owned by Dr. Bruce Elsie, a feline-only veterinarian whose mission has been to personally formulate a wide variety of litters for all types of cats so they keep using their litter box, which keeps them in their loving homes. Dr. Elsie also created his own cat food called Clean Protein, wet and dry foods that are specifically appropriate for a cat's nutrition needs because they're based on the protein a cat eats naturally. Clean protein is the first dry cat food I personally can recommend because it is based on the protein found in a cat's natural prey. Please show your appreciation that Dr. Elsie's underwrites this show by choosing their products whenever you can. Kate Conti is back. Another Cat Cafe mystery. These are such wonderful books. This is the ninth or the who God knows what. They're such great books. They're so charming. And there's always cats in a really important way in the story. Kate Conte, Nine Lives and Alibis, Don't Be a Scaredy Cat, is such a great Halloween ghost cat mystery with many complicated humans in it. How long did it take you to come up with the moving pieces. Do you do it on cards, like three by five cards? This one is the bad guy. That one has a has a has a mysterious past. How do you do that? Oh, so funny! First of all, thank you so much for having me back. I really appreciate it. I love coming to chat with you about cats and books. Um, so you know, I it's interesting. I um, I was never a plotter, and I really had to wrestle with that because, you know, there's an age-old debate in the writing world of plotter versus pantser, which for those who don't know, pantser is someone who writes by the seat of their pants and just, you know, it comes as it comes kind of thing. So I used to be that, and then I had kind of written myself into a corner one book way, way back at the beginning, and I decided I needed to be more of a plotter, but I had no idea how to do that. So luckily, I had a friend who was very good at it and she sat me down and we did a FaceTime and she got little sticky notes and we plotted out you know the book from where I was stuck and we fixed it and to this day I don't usually start a book without having one of those sessions with her so for this book we sat down we talked through the idea that I had I you know usually I come to her with a very short summary and I'm like all right this is the story and then from there, we kind of start going through, okay, who's dead? Why are they dead? <laughs> <laughs> Who are the suspects? What are their secrets? And that's kind of how we start. Um, and it's a lot of fun. It's, it's really a lot of fun to just make up secrets for people. It's, that is so cool because it, it's reminiscent of a writer's room when you're writing television or, or a film. There are people that work yeah. solo, but having someone to collaborate with, to bounce off of, to help steer you, to, have, to listen to all your ideas and go, no, no, yes, that is yeah. so wonderful. And I, and I really admire the way that you plot the books because they are full of surprises. And 
I have to add, this is what's called a cozy mystery. Yes, there are dead bodies, but they're at the bottom of a cliff. You don't have to see them close up. <laughs> they're, it's not gory and gruesome. It's more, oh my goodness, and who could have done that, and why did it happen? And what's cooler in this book than a, a cat who's like a bloodhound, if you will, and I recently had this wonderful cat trainer on who teaches cats to do nose work, which is actually hunting for things with their nose. But the protagonist cat, JJ, who's always by her side and is like the luckiest cat in the world. He just hangs with her, goes in the car with her, shares her smoked salmon on a bagel. It's like so great. <laughs> he finds the cat that no one can find who belongs to the psychic who might or might not be at the bottom of that cliff. It's really neat, and it's it's possible. I mean, someone reading it might go, ah, that cat couldn't really do that. But how did you learn that the cat could absolutely be a cat hunter? Oh, my gosh. I You know, I've done cat rescue for a long time, so I think you know that, Tracy. We talked about that before. But, I mean, so I've had a lot of cats. I've, I've been with a lot of cats. Um, I've been in different situations with a lot of cats, and it's just something that people who, who actually do know cats know. I mean, animals yes. can sniff out other animals. I mean, there is no, there was one day I had, this is, you know, back when I lived in um, a condo that uh, had a front door that, you know, actually went outside versus where I live now, which is an apartment building. Um, and one of my cats was acting really oddly and he kept going to the door and he was standing up and he was looking outside and he didn't usually do that. I went out and I looked and one of my, I had a contractor in my house and the contractor had opened the door. One of my other cats had gotten out and no my cat was sitting. Yeah. He was sitting right next to the door in the shrubs. He didn't know what to do. He was very scared because he wasn't an outside cat, but he had ventured outside and then he was like, Oh, what do I do now? And my other cat alerted me that he's outside. He's not supposed to be there. Can you go get wow. him? Wow. That's really neat. I mean, that's something that you're right. Cat people know the extraordinary range of abilities of cats, but yeah. your books always celebrate that. And the, and it is a cat cafe mystery because the cat cafe full of adoptable cats is in the story very much so. And you do touch on the issue of no black cats to be adopted out during Halloween. You always bring in information, advice, practical knowledge, social issues with cats. Just you weave it in just very subtly there in the background. And I really admire that because there, those who are already cat people go, yes, of course. But people that might be borderline cat people say, oh, I didn't know that. So you, it turns out, I don't know what the word is for someone who's fascinated by ghosts. Is that really true? <laughs> yes. Talk about it. Is a there word a word either, for it? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I mean, there's ghost hunters, and I actually recently learned that there are also ghost helpers. But for, for people who are just kind of fascinated and don't work in a professional setting, I don't know that there's a word except, you know, hey, we like ghosts. <laughs> That's so great because this book is much driven by the ghosts in this really cool old mansion. Two mysterious yeah. cold case deaths that, uh, that that sort of start the story off. That they're just sort of lingering. The stories, the question marks. How did, what happened back then, right? And yet yeah. the ghost is possibly still around. And a lot of people in the book are fascinated by it. And I. 
I must say, I never thought I had an opinion about ghosts one way or the other, but I'm definitely right there with you while, you know, while the concept of the ghost is coming up. And of course, the psychic. Now, did you, have you known psychics or worked with them? Because this psychic winds up in, in, in probably not a great place because he decides he wants to help the police instead of just helping people talk to their old granny who's long gone. Yeah. Yeah, I've worked, you know, I've worked, I've dabbled, I've, I've dabbled with psychics. Um, I, I have, I've worked with a psychic medium um, a couple times just because I have, I think I got fascinated by spirits and, and that whole thing because I had um, someone who was important in my life back when I was, gosh, a teenager who passed away. Um, and I felt like this person and I still had this connection. Um, I, the, the, it's kind of a weird story, but the day that he passed away, um, I got this this vision of this lake that we used to go to, and come to find out he had, and I hadn't been in contact with this person for a while, but come to find out he had passed away, he, he had drowned in that lake no. that day that I was thinking no. about it. And so, I yeah, it was wild, and I could never get that out of my head. And over the years, as I sort of opened up to the possibilities, um, I realized that, yes, people are sending you signs from the other side. And I started reading books. Um, there's a psychic medium. Oh, gosh, I can't remember her name right now. But she's got some, I have to go look on my bookshelf. But she's got a couple of great books about this and about how you can ask for and look for signs from people who meant something to you who have passed away. Um, and so I just really started to open myself up to that possibility. Her name is Laura Lynn Jackson. Nice. Great books about this. Yeah. So, yes, I think a lot of people are drawn to it, and particularly around pet loss. I'm sorry that you lost the human who mattered to you, but a lot of people have a very hard time coming to terms with the loss of their cat or dog, perhaps other pet. And it's unclear whether their grief and their yearning for that lost pet drives them to think outside the box. I don't mean that as a pun. Or it just, as you said, open themselves up to other possibilities. Of course, it does leave them open to charlatans, right? Yeah. And to being manipulated. But it almost in a weird way doesn't matter. I mean, how many people go to get their tarot cards read or their 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 palm read? It doesn't really matter whether there's any sort of scientific basis or anything you could prove. It gives people pleasure or comfort or closure or something, doesn't it? Totally. And I think the biggest thing I learned by reading those books that I just mentioned to you was that you don't need necessarily someone else to um, make that connection for you. You can ask for it yourself and learn how to receive it yourself. Um, I mean, I lost my heart dog, Shaggy, back in 2018, and you know, I was desperate to get signs from her. And once I started realizing that some of the things, you know, because she had this toy, she had a flamingo toy that she loved. And it was the toy that she played with until the day she died. And I still have that toy. It's missing a leg and, you know, it's a mess, <laughs> but it's like it was her favorite toy. Um, and I, I started realizing, like, I see flamingos everywhere. Oh, how funny. And you don't yeah. live in Florida or Vegas no. or wherever there might be flamingos. <laughs> no. This woman lives no, in the in Northeast. <laughs> That's yeah. so funny. Interesting. Well, you know, the the character who's the main, in a sense, the main character, not the protagonist, the, the psychic who comes, it's interesting. He has an entourage and he's sort of a celebrity. But importantly, he has a cat who he's named after himself. And 
people go, is that his son? No, we're referring to his cat, the one who J.J. finds in the end. But it's interesting, this cat is with him everywhere in a carrier and has all of his stuff that goes with him. And it, it's interesting how you give cats such important roles in the book and in the story. And anyone who loves cats think doesn't think twice about that. It's like, oh, cool. How lucky he's got a travel cat. He's got a cat who likes to travel, right? Yeah. No, it's fun. I mean, people, you know, it, I think people often think of dogs as, as those types of companions, but it's, I think it's important to note there's cats that are just as, as dog-like in that yes. regard. And um, I know a, a woman, well, I don't know her, but I know her on Instagram, but she, she has a couple of rescue dogs and then she's got a rescue cat and they all go hiking together, even the cat. <laughs> so, I totally I mean, believe that. This gal's got a... <laughs> Got a company called Travel Cat, Emily, and she makes these amazing backpacks for cats that have like a, a porthole window that the cat can look at, but also yeah. lots of different harnesses and specific leashes for cats that, to let them come along. I guess in a way, it kind of mirrors what you said about being open to paranormal situations, like in Nine Lives and Alibis are sort of in in woven into it is that if you open a cat up to possibilities you don't get a cat doesn't get born a travel cat a cat doesn't come from the rescue that way but you can certainly bring that out in a cat who's open to it right i mean you don't know until you give them a chance on their terms absolutely yeah and i think people tend to put cats into you know this this box right of like oh cats are either you know you put them outside and they hunt mice or they stay indoors and they don't do anything and they don't actually like you. They just want you to feed them. Yes, that's so not yes, true. I yes. mean, sure, there's some cats like that, but that's so not true when it comes to the majority of them. And I think, like, just stop stereotyping is basically the message. <laughs> yeah, it, it, we're, everything is sort of packed inside us and it just needs a chance to emerge, a, a kind of a welcome mat to try other things. And certainly, yeah, they're just like people. They're yes. just like people, right? They're individual personalities, right? And it and you and it's nature or nurture, and nurture is such a huge part of it. There really, in my opinion, are no cats who whose choice would be to sit around in the house, not interact, not have relationships with other cats or people or a dog, and just wait yeah. for their meal. That's really would not be their idea of an optimal life. That's just sort of all they've been offered, and so. I think one of the things we think about animals in general who aren't given choices and who aren't given opportunities is that it's kind of a learned helplessness. It's kind of they've shut down. Okay, I guess I'll just do this till I die as opposed to, hey, how about try a catio? How about a perch in the window? How about I'm going to get you used to this harness little by little and we'll just walk out in the hallway, you know, or into yeah. a room you haven't been in. I, I think that that the book is certainly, Nine Lives and Alibis is certainly, I hope, encouraging to people to not necessarily turn their cat into a fellow sleuth, although why not, but to realize that cats can just be seamlessly part of life without it being a big deal. If But you have to do it, of course, slowly with cats and on their terms. You don't just snap on a harness and, come on, fella, we're going for a walk. But once they understand if they can deal with the out outside world, that it's not threatening, it's interesting, and you give them a way to do it that feels safe and comfortable for them, I think it, they could have a lot more fun, and people could have a lot more fun with them. And certainly in this totally. book, the cats have a lot of fun. I mean, they have a good life, and the cats in the cat cafe have a good life, and then they have a better life when they get adopted. 
And I, I think that's part of the life you have lived and seen for cats. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, there's so many cats that need help and that need a chance. Um, and, you know, I was fortunate enough to be able to help so many during the years that I did rescue. And hopefully this book will, or these books will help uh, facilitate that for other animals too. I think they do. The last book that you were on the show about was very much about TNR and the pressures that people are under who do TNR and take care of community cats and all the, the human social issues around it. And I, help, I think you really helped explain it well. The one other thing just in the last minute or two that you said um, in your acknowledgement to Glenn, he taught you everything you ever wanted to know about funeral homes. And I thought, okay, so this book's going to be at a funeral home, but it's not. So is there like another book coming that's centered in a funeral home? No, I mean, there was there was some nods to funeral homes in here. Like we had a meeting, one of the committee meetings was at a funeral home and Maddie was horrified. Oh, yes, you're that. right. That was funny. That um, was funny. Yeah. And, and there was there were some, you know, scenes in funeral homes. Um, I actually, my very first series that I started to write that was not published was set in a funeral home. Um, oh. And so I have been thinking about dusting that off because I do. I have a friend who he's been in the funeral business for many years. He runs a bunch of funeral homes um, and I was fortunate enough to be able to do some work for him over the years where, uh, you know, I was able to be on site and be there for different things. And they knew that I was, you know, interested in learning about the whole process. So I would, you know, I'd be up in the office working and then they would come up and be like, Hey, we're going to take a pacemaker out of someone before we send them to the crematorium. You want to come watch? Whoa. (laughs) This is so fabulously ghoulish. I will just end by saying Nine Lives and Alibis is the book to read now by Kate Conte. But stay tuned for the funeral home book. Just get some cats in the funeral home. That book is going to rewrite itself in no time. Kate, thank you for all your great work on behalf of cats and for delighting us with your books. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks so much for listening. I also want to thank Wonderside, founded by a woman entrepreneur who discovered effective natural ways to repel fleas, ticks, and other pests on her pets and around her home instead of putting toxic chemicals in or on them. Wonderside makes plant-powered products to keep parasites at bay without the harsh chemicals that can be harmful to your cats, your property, and the planet. This show is also supported by the privately developed Magic Fabric pet throws that trap hair, dirt, and moisture when cats get up on the furniture bed or your lap. Magic Fabric Pet Throws invite kitty cuddle time without sacrificing your clothes or furniture. A final pause up to Dr. Elsie's again for all the fine products they make and their unwavering support of my mission to make life better for each and every kitty cat and their people.